All right. Hello. Are you warm? I think I'm warm. Matt Steele's asking because I did just recently wake up from a nap. But I think I'm here as here as one can be. And you should be happy that I didn't sleep through you knocking on the door. Because I feel like that would have upset you. Get upset when adults like... You ruin feel, their plans because of napping. You feel like you act like you've never done it before. That happened <laughs> one time when we first moved here, and it was at the weekend of the move. And Jackson was there to open the door for you. Yes, Nothing but, was wrong. But we had a job to do, and it was two gay mats. And I was waiting Look. outside in your dangerous neighborhood. Oh, it is could not be less dangerous. I was vulnerable and shivering and cold and naked, and someone could have just taken advantage of me and taken my wallet Jackson, and taken something else. No, oh, Jackson opened the door. He is filled with drama per usual, but I am filled with liveliness, even though I am just up from an app because I am what professional <laughs> congratulations pay him yes pay me hi everybody welcome back to two game mats the podcast it's Matt Palmer and it's Matt Steele we're back again for another week and even though t- this week feels like there's not a lot of news I feel like we've had so many episodes in which I say that and then we go we go on and on and on so we'll see how it goes yeah uh, Matt Steele. Yeah. How was your week? It was fine. I did nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're starting off with like the no news week. Quick. I was going to say, I'm so glad we can really dive into our personal lives with <laughs> it was fine. I did nothing. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I, I basically, I worked, I did, I did my taxes Good for you. and all that stuff, you know, which was a lot of work, right? And all, you know, all those write-offs and everything, organizing them on the beautiful little spreadsheet. Yes. It's funny. Like when I always start the spreadsheet and yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be organized. I'm going to be this, this. And then I like double check everything. And when I double check everything I have to add more things and yes. it becomes slightly less organized <laughs> yes. and I'm just like you know what it doesn't matter as long as these numbers are written somewhere and I right. can plug them in at some point then that's that's right and you there's know? no better feeling than the feeling of just getting done with your taxes it's uh, like you feel like this weight has been lifted off of you it's like once the new year starts there's a countdown clock in my head of like you know those taxes are coming up. I know and it's like let me just get this all done and never worry about it until next year and that's where we are right now and I love that for uh, us. the burden of the government has been lifted from our shoulders, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Matt Palmer, what have you done? Well, speaking of the government, yesterday I, uh, uh, or two days ago on Friday, I applied for TSA pre-check. And so <gasps> I went to Staples to uh, where apparently you get your picture taken and like do the things you have to do in person for TSA pre-check. And right before this podcast recording, they've approved me, guys. So when I go to Costa Rica in May, which is happening, so we're going to miss a podcast episode, you all will live, uh, I will be able to go through the TSA pre-check line. I never had done it before, but one time Jackson recently was coming back from Seattle and he waited in a line for so long and mm. almost missed his flight and was he was like, I had to run through the airport with my shoes off, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> no, you will not run That's the thing. in clothes. We all know that I would just miss the plane and yeah. I, no one wants that and thus... TSA pre-check, I feel like people have set, been singing its praises for so long and I just have been too lazy to like really get on it. But I feel like it's going to make things better. The idea of being able to go through security without taking the shoes off, without taking all, my, all of my electronic equipment, which you know I have a lot. Oh, that's out. such a pain. It's such a pain. Because like taking the computer out of the backpack when there's already like some stuff in your backpack and then yes. you have to like try to finagle things to stuff the computer I back know. in the backpack. Ugh. And the worst is when I go home for Atlanta for a time where we're going to do the podcast, I have to bring like my audio equipment, I yeah. bring a mic and it's just like... Sometimes I can just get away with taking out only the laptop, but half the time they're like, could you take out your Switch and your iPad and your DSW? And it's like, guys, it's not a bomb. (laughs) All right? Just let me live. And now they'll know. See, that's why I don't buy any electronic equipment. Like, I don't know what a DSW is. (laughs) I know it's a store where you buy what? Shoes? I don't know. I Um, I actually think it's DAW. I mix it up with DSW. So that's on me. (laughs) Okay. Digital audio works You know what does get me angry, though, is when I'm traveling with someone and they have TSA pre-check and- and they go through the TSA pre-check line and they discover that you don't have TSA pre-check right. and they're just like, you don't have TSA pre-check I, and they get an attitude about it and it's like, how many, t- like I don't travel often, right. like I'm not, don't get angry at me, I promise okay? to never be that person. Thank and, you. and the thing is, but I will be the person that's like, oh, you don't have it? Well, I'll see you at the gate. Like, best of <laughs> yeah. luck. Like, oh, I'm certainly course. not gonna like wait with you in the real line, but I won't shame you. We're not built on shame here at Two Game Outs. We're built on love and acceptance and judging others. Thank you for accepting me for yeah. who I am. I do. Thank Someone you. without TSA Someone without TSA, <laughs> guys, uh, the simple folk. <laughs> that's that's you represent the simple folk on the uh, podcast. I'm more of the upper crust, yeah, and it's always been that way. <laughs> and it really has been. This is nothing new here. No. Um, for my weekend, I did do a few things outside of TSA pre-check. Uh, on Friday, I went to my friend Natalia and Eric's house, and we watched the Drag Race finale. Um, and I this is 
should probably be going into the news for idiots, but I'll just talk about it here now. And this is going to include spoilers, so if you have not watched the finale of Drag Race, be sure to skip over this section of the podcast. But I went in. I think it's been discussed on this podcast how much of a fan of Anitra I am. Mm -hmm. And I was very excited for her. And apparently the finale, which I didn't know exactly what to expect, all the final four queens perform basically lip sync to an original song that they like helped create and they do a lip sync performance that's basically like almost a VMA performance level. It was so incredible. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they pick the top two out of that and then the top two people lip sync for the crown and then they film both of those queens winning and they only air one of them on TV once Rue decides after watching everything back who wins. And look, I love Anitra. I love Anitra. She is incredible, but she's never been the best at choreo. Okay. She and she, the where she comes alive is when she can do things and ad lib and like do voguing or noging, whatever you'd like to call it, during her like lip sync performances that are not choreographed. And her choreography's fine, but it doesn't like make her pop. Sorry so, to interrupt. What the fuck is noging? It's like people call people who aren't really knowing what they're doing when they're voguing, and it's like faux voguing, noging. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> it's cute. Um, and so she didn't really get to do that during this portion and her song was so sincere and it was like about you know believing in yourself and achieving your dreams where someone like Lux got carried around on stage to a song entitled It's Giving Fashion and I just was gaggling throughout so I felt like Anisha didn't do great in that first round and then also at the final lip sync Sasha it was Sasha Colby versus Anitra and I feel like Lux and Mistress were very like Anitra didn't do well why is she in top two and it's just because of the fan she was the fan favorite, clearly. Mm-hmm. But then in the final lip sync, they both did a good job, but Sasha had so many reveals. Like, mm-hmm. she started on this big coat, took it off to be, like, an evening gown, took it off to be just, like, essentially her incredible body. And it just was, like, it was a beautiful thing. She's the first, I believe, openly trans woman uh, at the time of crowning to win Drag Race the entire season. So I could not be happier for Sasha Colby. She did an incredible job. And Anitra... She'll be great in All-Stars, and I'll get over it. And I just recorded a little bonus podcast with our friend Ernesto, who has been on a Drag Race spinoff show, that uh, Miss Vanjie dating show Ernesto was on. And so we talked Drag Race a little bit more in depth. I'm going to put it up on a Patreon in the next couple of days, so go to patreon.com slash 2 mats for more of that. Yes. Um, on Saturday, I was did the TSA pre-check. I did, uh, also went and saw the Mario movie. Oh! And I went with our friends Joe and Tam, and we went and saw Mario, and it, okay, is oh, it? I love how, like, whenever you're about to say something a little scary that people might not like you, or you're always like, it, okay. <laughs> well, I just want it to be noted. Is there much of a plot? No. Well, <laughs> everyone's intentions in the movie are their intentions in the game, and that's very simple. Bowser wants to marry the princess. Mario, you know, is trying to save Luigi instead of the princess, which I thought was a good change because you wanted to have more of the princess being like a badass. Okay. Um, so it's then the, the Jack Black did an incredible job as okay, Bowser. Yeah, it, it seems like it's more of a character arc than a plot arc. It's here. fun, and it's like it's good for you if you have watched uh, or if you've played the games. You will be like, oh, these are so many references and Easter eggs throughout this film that are like, oh, this is, goes back to Mario Kart. This goes back to Super Mario World. This is the original Mario on NES. So it just is a fun experience if you are a fan of the game. But if you weren't a fan of the game, I could see walking out and being like, well, that was thin. <laughs> so I enjoyed it, but I get that it wasn't for everyone and I'm happy I saw it and then uh, today we went over to our friend Jeff and Jean's house they live on the west side where Matt Steele lives oh spoiler <laughs> <laughs> guys you, you know where to find I the know, west side find west side the west um, side and we hung out with their kids for the morning and then I came back here and took a nap and woke up and now here we are all together and now here we are Can guys you believe it? wow you did so much this weekend what did I do <laughs> I, I worked I do I Something, you gotta work. You better work, bitch. Brittany told us. Uh, exactly. And and you know what? I'm gonna get that Maserati one day. I, you're working and towards that. Maybe the hot body. <laughs> maybe I'll look hot in a bikini one day. I could see that for you. I yes. really do. Well, speaking of Miss Britney Spears, apparently, according to page six, she has finished her quote unquote brutally honest memoir and it will shake the world. Uh, it's supposed to be released this fall, and publishing insiders have described the manuscript as inspiring and a groundbreaking instant bestseller. Bernice is a story of triumph. It will cover her vulnerable moments, her childhood, her breakup with Justin Timberlake, the moment she shaved her head, and her battle with her family over her conservatorship. Apparently, it was ghostwritten by Sam Lansky, who I have heard of, and is, uh, I think, he writes for Time Magazine. I believe he is a, a openly gay man who... Uh, has also written books of his own. I feel like he's written like novels and things. So. Oh, please. If a, if a straight man helped I ghost know. write this with this her, that would I'm just saying. be unacceptable. I, it would be yeah. horrifying to have a straight man's point of view on this. So I'm glad Sam Lansky, who I assume is a Britney fan, because who's not? Could you imagine being a gay man? Mm. All right. Let me put myself in those hold shoes. Hold on. Let me gay get, man. get in character. Hey. And got it. Okay. Britney asks you to help her write I mean, her story. I, mean, I, would, I would 
Oh, good for him. I mean, good for him. <laughs> good for him and good for her. I cannot wait for this. I, I'm assuming it is true and it exists and it's coming. But I also am like, how is she going to promote it? I can't imagine her going on like Oprah's Apple TV special and like sitting down. I just can't imagine doing any, like Britney doing things in the mainstream media for how like much she was trotted out there for so long and mm-hmm. how vulnerable she feels and like how little she trusts the media at this point. Sure. But at this point, she wouldn't need to. Like she oh. would just need to put the book out, have it be a co- black cover, pink text, Brittany, my story. Yeah, no promotion. Just no like promotion. here it is, released it December 13th. It could be <laughs> 2020, the 10 year anniversary of Beyonce's surprise album. Brittany could have released her surprise memoir. Hey, she still can. She still can, she, guys. Well, I'm excited for it. I'm going to either read or audible every page. And I can't wait to. And I'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast when it comes yeah, out. But I just. I love that it feels like it's really going to happen. Oh, it's going to be a best. It's going to sell. So I mean, yeah, beyond good for her. Good for her. Keep all that money. Well, I guess share it with Sam, but like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Right. in like the publishing house, but none with her dad. Sorry, Papa Spears. Wish you well. Um, Apparently, John M. Chu's. Speaking of darkness, yeah. <laughs> pictures, <laughs> pictures from John M. Chu's Wicked have been released by the director and by Ariana Grande. We have two slides I'm seeing here. This is, um, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, uh, her name is the Wicked Witch of the West, okay. also known as, spoiler alert, Alphaba. Alphaba. And so we have an Alphaba and then we have a Glinda. And speaking of a black background with pink text, yes. that is just a dark background with just a little bit of pink to make you go, oh. Who is that? And it's Ariana Grande. It's Ariana Grande <laughs> up a, walking up a big old flight of stairs. I think it's crazy because this movie comes out when? Like end of next year, right? End of 2024. And they're still in production, supposedly. Yes. And so I just think it's crazy that they're already releasing any sort of pictures at all as dark as they are. But I hope the reason for the darkness is because it's coming out in a while. And like, you know, we don't want everything to leak beforehand. Of course. But I also hope that it's not like going to be playing into how like TV shows now and a lot of cinema is so dimly lit. Mm. Like you don't think Wicked's going to be like that. Do no you? guys, have you seen the sets of like the outdoors of Oz? Like those like pictures, like it looks like Dr. Seuss though. Like it's colorful, <laughs> colorful, colorful. These pictures I'm not worried about in okay. the slide, especially, okay, especially that uh, staircase picture, which honestly, like I know everyone's complaining about it's so dark and everything. I think that picture's stunning. It is. Beautiful. I, I think that shot looks amazing and you can tell like it's nighttime here. Like it's going to be one single shot in a movie. Like right. it, it seems like this is an, an appropriate thing. Like look for it to have. Right. I don't know. Like, and honestly that dress <laughs> is so gorgeous. That, huge. <laughs> who is doing the costumes in this movie? Like that dress is so fantastic, fantastic, iconic right now. I'm picking it for best costumes. I was going to say, Oh my God. If, um, if you are pre like just going to assume what Oscars is wicked. The film going to win. I mean, I am, I'm, I'm assuming it's obviously a front runner now for like costumes and art direction. Yeah. Um, maybe cinematography when it's a musical, they always get like a sound nomination yeah. and everything. Um, Will they throw in a random new song just for a best new song nomination. I don't know if they were throwing in a random new song, they would have announced it. Have they announced that they're, I it's, it's crazy. It seems like this movie has been coming out forever. <laughs> so there could have been all this news that I have just completely forgotten right. about. That's true. Um, I, I think it's interesting that they're really like showing pictures now. I like know. they're doing a lot to keep this movie on people's minds. I yes. wonder if that's, you know, their marketing plan to be mm. like, we need to release something like once a week or yes. like once a month or something like that, just to keep people invested in this and to keep people, people excited for this, especially because there are going to be two movies of this. Um, oh, right. I, is it bad that I literally forgot that? <laughs> that we're getting two separate movies, but now I remember we're getting two separate movies for this. So I say good for them do what you got to do. Did you also hear that John Chu is going to be directing a new film version of Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream I did hear that. Has I, there been any more information about that, like casting or anything, or just like it's going to happen? No, oh. I, I haven't heard anything of it except that it's happening, which I think is interesting that John Chu is like undertaking this huge thing right now. And it's just mm. like, yeah, sign me up for another movie musical. <laughs> I like, but honestly, John Chu directing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat like feels like such a match made in heaven mm. because Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is I don't know, like it's it's a musical that feels just like a bunch of music videos right. put together and everything. And John Chu is, you know, started off as a music video director. And yes. and there were a lot of elements of that you could see like in in the heights and everything. Yeah. Like every song felt like a new music video kind of. So I think 
that's going to be really great. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm excited for Wicked. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, good. Yeah, I, I I like the pictures. I think uh, I think they look really cool, and everything I've seen so far looks great. All right, so good Our for everyone. Fingers are crossed, and I hope that you get a color purple picture this time next. Like week. for God's sake, we're, we got twelve thousand goddamn know. Wicked pictures, and the movie's not coming out for about twelve years. I want a color purple picture. It's coming out in 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 what nine months? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Maybe it'll be a big surprise, like Beyonce surprise droppings things. I guess. That'd be exciting, right? Are all these things surprises if you know they're coming? No. No. (laughs) Um, Well, something that's also coming is a rebrand at HBO Max. Who needs HBO? We just need the Max. Apparently, the new combined service of HBO Max slash Discovery Plus is going to be called Just Max. Apparently, it is officially launching May 13th. Max Ad Light is $9.99 a month or $99.99 a year. And Ad Free is $15.99 a month or $149.99 a year. Woo! Okay, I hope I can still, because right now I'm, I'm getting it through my parents' cable or whatever, okay? And I hope I can continue to do so because these prices are no joke. I mean, hey, welcome to streaming, baby. I, I, I feel like we all knew this was coming where all the streamers were going to become so expensive that you were literally just paying your cable price. But yeah. like, I feel like we got there quicker than I wanted. Question though, yeah. are all the old HBO Max shows that have started disappearing, are they going to come back for Max? No, that's why they're probably disappearing because they're like, okay, goodbye. Okay. Like, you can't be taking up space here. We can't be playing royalties out. Like, we're not seeing... 12 dates of Christmas again, which okay, is upsetting so, to me. Okay, um, so is the new Degrassi still not happening? I think it's not. Okay, I mean, well, you know, we'll, well, I'll have an ear to the ground. If I see a, an article with the title Degrassi, I promise we'll talk about it's it. It's fine. But we have the memories. Uh, we have a info in the chat. Back yes. to Wicked, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Someone says, I believe Stephen Schwartz announced he was composing new music for the Wicked films. Ah, but new music or new songs? Oh, that's the question. New, because that could mean, I interpreted that as like new instrumental music. I don't know. Oh, Okay. Uh, Grace also says David Archuleta for Joseph. I Wait, agree. I'm sorry. The, when you get the max, uh, the two concurrent streams, that's $15.99 a month. They're only giving you HD resolution. They're giving you 1080p. And to get 4K resolution, which is what most people's TVs are oh, now, no. it is $20 a month. Oh, that is my God. Up. That is fascism. That really is it's just horrible. Like, just give the best quality you have. How dare you downgrade the quality because I'm paying $15 and not $20 a month. And as someone who's revamping a Patreon very soon, we would never do that to you. We would never give you a worse quality product just because you are on a lower tier. We care about our audience. Yes, and HBO Max, excuse me, Max does not. Wow, Max. I'm thinking of Max as a person now. Oh, Max sucks. Piece of shit. God damn it. I mean, I'll be watching because I mean, how else am I going to watch my successions? Without Max. Well, you, sometimes you need Max in your life. You do. You do, you do. Okay. Um, the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I talked about seeing, is officially past $500 million globally already. It's become the biggest video game adaptation ever. I just foresee the fact that we are... This is going to be the new Marvel Universe, and I know it. Like, it's just going to be, there will be a Zelda movie. There will be spinoff movies. There was, you know, again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen Mario... They give you hints that the, a Yoshi, like part two of this movie is going to have Yoshi involved. So I just feel like we're beginning a new era of, which I guess I am more excited about than not. Mm-hmm. This, these are video games I grew up with and care about. And it's not like we are literally taking something like Cough Cough Max, Harry Potter, and just making it a TV show when there are already film adaptations that are really respected and people enjoyed. Like this Mario Brothers had a, like a live action movie that everyone hated back in the 90s. And so if we're updating... Uh, not everyone hated it. A lot of people. It didn't do well. Uh, as the years have passed, it has bec- people have gained reverence for it I as, a, as a cult classic. All right, sure. They absolutely have. I don't know if they is strong. Like some people, some have. The people. I mean, don't, I've never seen it. But I- like... <laughs> I mean, did you hear John Linguizamo came out and being like, I will not see the new Mario movie because I guess he was in the old one. And it's like, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> That's okay. But uh, yes. So I'm excited. I Do I think everything needs to be a franchise or a part of a cinematic universe? No. But am I going to be first in line to see the fucking Zelda movie? Absolutely. Oh, sure. I, I mean, the thing is like, people are getting tired of the, the superhero-ness of yes. everything. So like the people who are still going to movies, like who are fans of the superhero stuff, they also like these other little franchises. Yeah. Like the, the, the gaming franchises and stuff. Because like, I mean, they're not, it's not a world away from like superhero stuff, like right. games, you know? So, so I see them being like, okay, how do we tap into this market? These people who are still going to movie theaters. And I mean, I have seen a lot of articles um, about this, how successful 
full of Super Mario is. And uh, uh, people are like, oh, actually, like movie theaters aren't dead. I like mean, they're finding that movie that movies are doing really well in theaters if they're not released straight to streaming. I so, wonder, like, I feel like every time a movie does well, we have the same conversation. Of course, yeah. And I'm like, is that ever going to stop? Like people are going to go to see a movie that they want to see in a theater in a theater. Like, sure. In the discussion. Yeah. Um. Nick Cannon, for whatever reason, he was, I guess, doing an interview with Howard Stern. I assume he's promoting that show that he's doing with Kevin Hart. That's like some sort of game show silliness that I don't care about. Uh, And has apparently Howard asked if he would ever uh, date or have his next baby with Taylor Swift. And Nick said, uh, though he admittedly has no immediate plans to add to his large brood, that he would change his mind if the newly single singer wanted to start a family with him. Uh, the 42-year-old went on to say that he and Taylor, 33, also have very similar dating experiences when it comes to having their love lives make headlines. Uh, joking that his spidey senses were tingling after hearing news of Taylor's split, Nick added that the idea of having a baby with the pop star, that would be amazing. Well, oh. see, it was I, I need to like hear the actual audio of this because it's like, was this all said in jest with a wink-wink? Um, I I would assume it was. I assume, and I'm sure Howard was the one to bring it up. But it's also like, I feel like Nick Cannon, the reason that his marriage to Mariah Carey didn't work was literally because this man hates and like is incapable of just shutting the fuck up. <laughs> like he would be out in everywhere being like, oh yeah, me and Mariah have sex with a hero or like me and Mariah do X, Y, Z. And like talking about this woman who is supposed to be the most important person in his life as if she was just some random person that he can make a punchline and he still will go to the press with Mariah shit. And it's like, it's like this man has no idea what is and is not appropriate. Uh, talking about a mother, the mother of two of your children or a woman who you literally don't know, who doesn't mm-hmm. know you at all. And the idea that you are saying you have similar dating histories just because like Taylor Swift has dated people publicly because she's a giant celebrity and so we know the people she's dated you have had multiple children with multiple different women we don't even know if you were with them at all it's not similar that's that's very different it's yeah. very different yeah I mean you know well he's gotta say something I guess I mean he really <laughs> doesn't just, I, I imagine Mariah's just at home just like reading this just being like he's just always gotta say it's something. just like at least it's not about me <laughs> you know, yeah Nick just needs to realize that like the public aren't your intimate like the public no. is not your intimate friend like, like the, the little things like you would say to your friends like just keep, keep when if you're famous keep that to yourself absolutely <laughs> Don't, like no no it's just like, yes, you need like you need to have a gross group chat with you and your other problematic friends. Like, we don't need to hear every thought that crosses your mind. It's just gross and, and unnecessary. And I realized Howard was fishing for it. He didn't come out and just say this out of nowhere. I will give Nick that. But you also could be like, ha ha, that's ridiculous. And like, move on. Not everything has to be a joke and a punchline and mockery. I think like the joke could have just been like, oh, well, if she's single, so am I. Wink, wink. Yeah, like, you that's, never that's, know. That's, that's the extent. Crazier things yeah. have happened. Sure. Blah, like blah, that, blah. I would be like, oh, ha ha. Yeah. You know, but but like the, yeah. It's too much. We just talked a little too long. <laughs> always, always, which is just what men tend to do, right? Uh, Kim Kardashian and Emma Roberts are joining American Horror Story. Emma Roberts is joining again. Oh, yeah. She's rejoining. I guess. I guess she was gone and now she's back. Loved her in that Scream movie, though. Uh, I don't care, but I'm I'm excited that people like who still watch the show are going to see Emma Roberts. And like, I assume Kim Kardashian, people will make gifts and memes of her in terrifying situations from this show. So that'll be exciting for some. I was just kind of shocked because this is what season of American Horror Story? I didn't know that they were still making it. It's 12th. 12? Okay. And I I mean, I'm sure the show, you know, is still good and entertaining and everything. Um, But is the show making like so much money that it can now afford just like, oh, Kim Kardashian's here now. Like, I guess they have been able to make that money. So good for them. You know, people are going to watch that season. So I, I was just shocked. I was just shocked. All right. And I'm only bringing this up because we don't have a lot of news this week. Uh, Just in, in the craziest update from Vanderpump Rules. Tom Sandoval was a guest on Howie Mandel's podcast this week, and he gave an hour and a half long interview, quote unquote, defending himself about the cheating with Raquel after, you know, his nine year relationship with Ariana. He was cheating on her for seven months with another cast member named Raquel. And essentially he was just like, we hadn't been having sex for a long time and Ariana is depressed. And so I was scared to break up with her. And like, I would try to break up with her in therapy. I went to therapy myself and then we'd go to therapy together and I'd start planting the seeds to break up with her. And like, she wouldn't take it. And she said that she would quit the show. And I was like, that's not fair. People have gone through so much on the show and like the fans deserve X, Y, Z. And it's like, 
You're worried about the fans uh, of a television show? Like, dude, she can do whatever she wants. She's like, but we've built this brand together. You've built a brand for yourself. Like, you can't just throw it all away. And it's like, this is a human being with feelings who has invested a decade of life into you. Uh, so if she, however she wants to handle the breakup that you were too scared to have until Valentine's Day when he finally did break up with her, according to him. Um, and it just was like, it just was wild. Like he was saying such personal things that were not his business to say. Like he was like, Ariana, you know, after we broke up was asking me about fertilizing her eggs, which I never did. And it's like, why are you telling Howie Mandel this? <laughs> like, why is that is her health and like what she's doing reproductively any of your business and any of Howie Mandel's business? It just is like, Bravo must be so pissed because it's like, there are still episodes of the season left. There's a reunion and I sit down with him already filmed and he's giving all this shit to Howie. So of course I'm sure Ariana is furious and will never speak to him, but the network can't be happy. Sure. I'm stuck on, I was this whole time, like for so long I was planting the seeds of trying to get her to yes. break up with me. It's kind of just like, okay, that that's <laughs> coward. Guys are so stupid. Like, <laughs> like it's like, okay, no, if you were having a problem, you like need to express that to her immediately. Yes. Not like try to like manipulate her into breaking up with you. And that's exactly what he was. That's, doing. that's, crazy that's stupid and, and and of course that just like built up a lot of resentment from both ends I'm sure right and so that's just a mess that's just a mess if you got the seeds don't plant them just walk just, right up and it's of course it's going to be an unpleasant conversation yes. but like how much better would it have been to end this relationship on a respectful note where nobody was cheating where there wasn't like, like you've made this end of this relationship so messy and gross that like it's it, you can't come back from it I have to say to all the single guys out there yes I that I if there's one thing I do not have a problem with it is saying how I feel in that moment I, when I am dating someone. I don't feel like anyone was wondering about that. <laughs> I I'm always just <laughs> just like unasked. I'm always just like this is how I'm feeling I at this feel very like, moment. Exactly. I, I'm ex I, I'm exhausting, but hey, at least everyone who dates me knows where I that's stand. That's the thing. It's that's I think that's great. Yeah. Communication is the key to a good relationship. So when you have a feeling, communicate it. Don't cheat with this twenty, you know, whatever year old girl. And also Raquel, like, put out in the press that she was checking herself into a mental facility just for like you know to address her mental issues no addiction things but like kind of a rehab center was how it was told to us initially and it comes to find out she's just at a five-star hotel because she's tough she's having a hard time not being at Coachella apparently well, and then Tom Sandoval's gonna come meet her and it's like why did we need a press release for this it's just like her PR team must be like god this girl <laughs> I know just can't keep it together well I hope she got what she needed from that little staycation I hope she's she does I hope yeah. she gets whatever she wants yeah sure um, so, Matt, I feel like you had another piece of news for idiots. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I must say. Yes. Today, this, as we are recording, yes. the curtain has finally set mm. on the Phantom of the Opera oh. on Broadway. Oh. It has been running since 1988, since before I was born. Wow. Not long before I was born. I was going to say. <laughs> we won't give exact dates. We won't give exact dates. Yes. But uh, if we're going by months, it was before I was born, <laughs> I believe. Uh, yes. Ex so um, it, is, it is, I believe it was 13,000 something performances. Jeez. I was watching all the video clips of like the final time the chandelier rose in the opening. And mm. girl, if I was wasn't crying oh. <laughs> like I was just like the power that has like truly amazing with just an iconic production that has such a legacy the fact that it stayed in the Majestic Theater for all those years That's the Majestic wild. Theater is now finally open to something else <laughs> um, and the, the fact that how this an interesting fact how Prince I believe uh, when he's the first Broadway show he ever worked on he was like mm. an assistant director something for a show um, People calculated from the beginning of that show to Fama the Opera closing. It is how Prince has had something that he's worked on on Broadway for the last 73 years. 73? 73 years. He was the director oh, of Phantom of the Opera, by gosh, the way. Yes. Um, and so, and obviously the legacy with Andrew Lloyd Webber and, and, and Sarah Brightman and Michael Crawford. Just it's it's just an iconic show. And and I'm I can't wait to go home and look at all the the footage on my Twitter of all of that stuff. I mean, I mean, it's it's been around since for my entire life. Are you a big not, fan? Not yours, but um, my entire life. So, so you're right. We are a year apart and I'm <laughs> glad we can point that out here. But uh, are you a big phantom person? Like, are you a big phantom head? I mean, the phantom is not like my favorite show, but yeah. I love it. The revolutionary design and the staging and everything. It was, mm. it was a huge moment and you look at it and it's still like the designs of everything and the staging just holds up so well. Right. Um, and so, I mean, I mean, congratulations to everyone involved with phantom. Oh, and if this morning I was, 
I, you know that Billy on the street clip? I saw that. With him screaming, having an argument with that lady because she was insistent that Denzel Washington played the Phantom of the Opera in 19, in, sorry, in 2005. Yeah. And he was just like, no, the fuck he didn't. And she's like, yes, he did, sweetie. 2005, Denzel Washington. He was like, no, he didn't. And they're screaming at each other. If you haven't checked out the clip, it's one of the best Billy on the street moments Billy on the street ever. was so great. I it miss was it so much. It was such a great show. Um, and she's clearly thinking, because I believe that year was the year Julius Caesar with Denzel Washington oh. was on Broadway. So she was probably can saw two posters back next to each right. other, Phantom and Julius Caesar. So she was probably confused by that. That's okay. I had a great time revisiting that clip over and over again. Just congratulations, Phantom of the Opera. Yes. You did good. You did good. You did good. Well, guys, should we take a quick break? I think we should. Let's do it. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more 2K Max. Yes. Apparently, Phantom's going to have a quick break, too, because there's rumors that it's just going to come back with a smaller production. Oh, my (laughs) God. Enough. Go, Matt Palmer, go. Yes, we're back. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to go to Apple Podcasts, rate the podcast five stars, give us a nice little review. It helps us so much. You can do the same on Spotify. I don't think you can leave a review there, but you can leave five stars. And if you have issues or are upset with the podcast, just don't. Oh, keep it to yourself. <laughs> like Nick Cannon, just keep it to yourself. Keep it, just send yourself an email, which is always my advice when anyone's like, I have a mean thing to say. Send yeah. yourself an email. Joke about it with like a couple friends. Yes. Two, two max. Two max. Yes. And then leave us alone. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at 2 at gmail.com. Two is spelled T-W-O. Yes. First question comes from Grace. Grace says, Matt Steele, you mentioned you worked at the TKTS booth in Times Square. Any fun stories from that? I worked at the TKTS booth for, I would say, nine months it was. Oh, wow. And in that short amount of time, I saw so many things. Like, just <laughs> working in Times Square is just a, an adventure that I feel like everyone should try at least once right. for, like, a week. Because you will grow up so quickly. <laughs> you will see so much shit. Uh, I Like, the first things that pop to, mi- to mind are... Oh my God, there's one, first of all, just like there were days of just torrential downpours, Mm. which was always very exciting and like running away to like find cover. Um, Another thing I remember is uh, we could use two bathrooms. We could use one at either the Marriott Hotel or at the W. I remember once being like, you know what? I got to go to the bathroom. Mm. So I went to the Marriott and I used the bathroom. I came back out to the TKTS Island. Mm. Everyone was gone. Like everyone was off the island except for like two police officers and like some and there were like lights and everything. What happened? And there was someone on the the stairs of the TKTS booth and I was just like, oh, oh, what uh, happened? Yeah. And um, my coworker said, oh, while you were gone, a guy walked up the red stairs and tried to kill himself. And uh, so we all had to evacuate the island. Oh my gosh, that's terrifying. The guy ended up being okay. Okay, good. Uh, So there was that. I'm happy I missed actually being there for that. It's good that you missed that. Yes. Uh, There were just a bunch of goofy things like promotional stuff would always happen in Times Square. Mm. So, like, I. I remember there were days where they were advertising, they were doing some marketing for something and there was a marathon of stilt jumpers. And so for like 20 minutes, there were just hundreds of guys just hopping around on stilts and we had to like clear the way for them. (laughs) This is very weird. Uh, There was like a, like a thousand person yoga session once that we had to work around. Um, Uh, another fun thing the remember the earthquake of 2011 on the east coast no you don't well I was here already it wasn't big Uh, (laughs) I I was outside in Times Square and uh, and we're you know just standing there and then we all look at our phones and people are like oh my god apparently there was an earthquake like because people were texting me they're just like did you feel that did you feel that what was that like freaking out because no one in New York or New Jersey or whatever ever felt an earthquake before so uh, everyone apparently who was inside a building felt it but everyone who was outside didn't feel it and so everyone in the square was just like apparently there was an earthquake and I didn't feel shit hey Um, good for you another like fun personal thing was we would get bored and instead of doing our jobs, we would just like talk to each other and have fun. Love that. And so I remember once, for some reason, I don't know why, but I felt compelled to do the Sally Field breakdown monologue in Steel Magnolias. Sounds about right. And yes. so I did the whole thing and I was really great. And I, when I was done, I saw a woman who wanted to buy theater tickets just looking at me mm. like odd. And she was just like giving me a dirty look. And I was just like, I, I was doing Steel Magnolias, yeah. Sally Field and Steel Magnolias. And she was just like, Okay. And I was just like, (laughs) I could tell she had never seen it before. And I was like, Steel Magnolias, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. And she looked at me and rolled her eyes and went, right. 
And I proceeded (laughs) to let this woman know that you should not disrespect Steel Magnolias. Oh my gosh. I was, because I had never seen someone like roll their eyes at Steel Magnolias before. And all my coworkers were just like, you, you were so angry. I've never seen you so angry. A nice moment ha- that happened, though. Is this the last Jesus. moment? This is like, Jesus fucking <laughs> okay. Christ. I listened to 20 minutes of Tom Sandoval It was every not week. 20 minutes. It was shorter than this, but go on. <laughs> and uh, this one time, there was an older woman looking at the board, and it was my job to tell people like w- w- the plots of the shows and giving them recommendations to see and everything. Yes. And this woman was looking at the board, and she must have been like 70. All and right. she goes to me, she was like, I was like, do you need any help with like any questions on any of the shows? And she was like, yeah, I really do. It's my first time in New York mm. and, and I'm older, so it'll probably be my only time in New York. And I've always wanted to see a Broadway show. Oh, and I was just like, oh my God, this is so much goddamn pressure. And I was like, okay, well, we're going to get you tickets to the best show we can and everything. Aww. And so, and so I was like, what are you looking for? And she's like, you know what? I, I want something funny. And I was like, oh, perfect. We have a lot of comedies up here. And she's like... And I'm like, anything else you're looking for? And she's like, you know what I want to see? I've always loved tap dancing. And I was just like, (laughs) did you cry? I was like, ma'am, there is a show on the board called Anything Goes. And it is just a bona fide Broadway classic, straight up traditional musical comedy with a lot of tap dancing. It is starring Sutton Foster, who is just a Broadway star to a T. Like if you are going to see your only Broadway show, like, and you really have always wanted to see one. This is the show to see, like, go for it. And so I suggested it. Anything goes. And she got the tickets for it. And she was like, I got my, and I, I got my tickets. for oh. everything. And I was just like, wow, I do good work. This is, that is a beautiful, isn't story. that a beautiful okay, story? That's a beautiful button. I do. Love yes. That. I yes. hope she loved it. I wish she'd come back and told you she loved it. Oh, I know. That would have been nice. Do you think that was your favorite job? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, it's the job. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Right. Does anyone love a job? No one loves working. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, capitalism, babe. There were there it. were definite memories that were yes. created from working at TKTS and in Times Square, yeah. like in general. And I think that like the job you have out of school in New York, like your first thing, like it feels like a stepping stone, even yes. if it wasn't like, oh, this job is perfect. It just feels like, oh, I'm a real person. A and I bit. and I got to like talk about Broadway shows and everything. And I got to see the shows for free because hey. like, we had to see them for work. Like we oh, got I comp tickets, you know, so that that was a nice little perk and Absolutely. everything. Uh, unless the show wasn't great. And they're yeah. just like, oh, I have to see this. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I could be doing so much more right now. But still, I, I it was a simpler time. It was. Yeah. And I had a lot more patience then to stand outside. I know. This for, wouldn't like, be us seven now. hours. No. Oh, absolutely. We've not. aged out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so next email, my heart question yes. comes from Brayden. Brayden. Hey, Brayden just says, love you guys watching right now. Oh. But what are some albums that you were incredibly excited for? And then incredibly let down by. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Have a good week, Legends. Like, what is an album that it was like the excitement for it was so huge? And then it came out and it was like, uh, I have I have one. I do too, and I worry it's the same one. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? I mean, it was just that, like, okay, so Starcrossed was Oh, mine's different. Okay. <laughs> Guy, okay, Starcrossed, yes. I wouldn't call a bad album. No. Like the No. Yeah. But like it was Casey Musgrave's divorce album. Right. Which automatically like sets it yeah, high. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, right, here you're we like, go. You're like, oh, here we go. And it was a visual album. Yeah. Like, th- like this, all the exciting things that are coming at us, the anticipation for it was so high. And I love that opening track that was like the teaser she released mm. is was so great and felt so up- epic. And then the album, it was an album that I would just describe as just, I was whelmed by it. Mm. Like, yeah, it was, I don't know that I've re-listened to it in full since yeah, I actually watched it. It was just kind of like, okay, right. that's, that. yeah, you know, yeah. Right. It was just, I, I, yeah. Yes. I, it was probably the most like whelming album I've ever heard. <laughs> like I think the way I feel about uh you you feel about that is the kind of the way I feel and I know we just reacted to it and I did all those reactions were legitimate but I have not revisited the album since Endless Summer Vacation. And I feel like that was more disappointing to me because the single was so strong and it was such a big hit and we were promised this like big dancey thing and it just was not that. And I don't think it's bad at all, but I feel like Plastic Hearts is just so excellent. So we know the brilliance that Miley can bring. And this album was very fine. Like to me, there are other people in the chat saying like... um, Sweetener or the Lord album where she's on the beach and stuff. And I guess those were letdowns. But to me, 
I the Lord album at least once I heard the single I was like oh we're doing something that has nothing to do with oh we do, you we know? just will not engage so yeah exactly so by the time the album came out I was like oh this has nothing to do with me and so I was not disappointed by it but okay. I felt like I was sold something with flowers that you know okay. I did not receive with endless summer vacation fair yes fair good Ooh, question though and I is- we're not shading we love everyone TM. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question comes to us from Jacob. Jacob says, email my heart date advice. Hey, Matt, sending in a last minute question. Normally I reach out with music slash entertainment questions, but I actually need advice from you guys. Mm. Lots of context to share. So I'll try to keep it as short as I can. About two weeks ago, I met this boy who I, and who I really hit it off with while at the bar. And just yesterday we had an official all day date. Ooh, you love a marathon date. I love a marathon date. Uh, Normally by the third or fourth date, if I'm really interested in them, I offer to cook dinner for them. Oh, Oh. however, that is currently not an option. Why? I'm living with my brother. Oh. I moved to Houston a month ago who currently does not have a kitchen. Uh, Won't tell the whole story, but it involves a drunk driver so you can connect the dots. Okay. Okay. So finally... On to my question. What do you recommend as a date idea where I could do something for this boy that's not cooking? One of my love Mm. languages is acts of service, so I really want to show him I like him in that way. I've thought about asking if I could use his kitchen, but that feels kind of awkward to me. Mm. Any great ideas would be greatly appreciated. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob, as someone who hates cooking and who loves dating, I do not think it is awkward at all to be like, hey, I want to cook for you. Can I use your kitchen? I, like, I do not think that is awkward. I would love it if a guy came over and cooked for me in my right. kitchen. I'd be like, have at it, girl. I will clean up for you. I don't think it's awkward. I think maybe in a few weeks you could do that. To me, it feels like a little early on for like, I need your kitchen for something. Sure. <laughs> I think even if, but to keep in the theme, even though it's not you making the food, you could also plan a picnic date. Yes. In which oh. you go to like a sandwich shop and you pick up the sides and do all of this and you like have a whole evening in the, you know, under the sky and the stars, whatever. That feels romantic and also like an act of service. And even though you're not the one actively making the sandwiches or the food, whatever, it's still bonding and showing that you care in a really sweet way. Yeah, well, I, I think he you can also cook for the picnic and, yeah. and and bring what he cooks. So you can still because because I don't know how you prepare food at uh, where you're living now, mm. but I I think there are ways. Yes, so, yeah, and I think I do agree. Maybe like third or fourth date is a little soon to ask someone for the kitchen, yes. but like sixth date I think is. <laughs> Perfectly hey, fine. I mean, yeah, people would love to. People love when people make them food. Clearly, Jacob, what you're doing works, I'm sure. And I'm glad you found this guy that you really like. And I'm sure yeah. if he is the right guy, whatever you do, he's going to appreciate and love. Because it really is, as much as we say it, the thought behind it. If you just do something a little creative out of like, outside of like, oh, let's go get dinner. Or let's go get drinks. Like, show that you're making an effort. That is going to make it clear that you are into him in a real way. Oh, that's the you hottest know? thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jacob, I know we're not dating, but anytime you want to come over, cook me dinner. Yes. Because I need to eat and I'm not cooking. <laughs> I'm making simple stuff. Hey. Yeah. It's your turn. What? Another email? Are we doing another No, email? we're done. Oh, we're done. We're okay, done. Babe. Guys, now we're on to... Give me moments. And Matt Steele? Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? All right, I have two. One is very simple and easy. Okay. Guys, I got the biggest tax return I have ever gotten in my entire <laughs> life this year. Congratulations. And I was just surprised by it because, like, I don't know, this 2022, two gay mats, like, did very well. Did well, yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was, I was kind of like, oh, no. Yes. Uh, but... I uh, had a lot of write-offs oh, <laughs> for for all that. of it, so I was I was very happy that I did it correctly and every, all the things connected. And do you do TurboTax or do you? Something I else? do TurboTax. I do too. Thank you, TurboTax. Turbo You're not paying us, but yeah, I know. Please sponsor us. I know. So so thank you. Uh, I guess government. Thank you, Joe. I don't know. I don't know who to thank, uh, but yeah, I I was very happy That's last great. night. Um, but another thing, um, I just gotta say, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I know what you're doing. Kimberly Akimbo. Oh, bitch. You listened to it? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's great. It is so amazing. It's such a gem. I mean, I'm not surprised Janine Desori is amazing. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Kimberly Akimbo is a new Broadway show uh, that opened this year. It is about a young teenage girl with progeria and the stuff that she goes through with her family, which is kind of kooky. (laughs) Yes, it is kooky. When I was reading the synopsis on the Wikipedia page, I was just like, huh, okay, (laughs) this is going to be a little goofy. But like really when you listen to it, you are just, it's so charming and so touching. There are so many like great moments. Like, I mean, 
I love anagram where, oh. she, where she's like discovering that she has a crush on this boy when he's trying to make an anagram of her name better which is where her aunt is talking about how she's That's, a criminal is such a slapper it's the song of the year like oh, it's truly great. there's no better song than better from Kimberly Kimball yeah um, I I mean happy for her I'm just so thrilled oh. that someone is writing a like big fun uh, like show stopping number for a baritone I mean. like who is doing that these days I can't wait to sing that song at auditions and it, that song really gives me like William Finn like vibes and mm. everything which I, I absolutely love I mean there are just like really really great moments uh, before I go is just so oh, beautiful so um, and uh I, I have to also give a shout out to Ali Mozzie who mm. plays the mother um, mm. character because I've always loved Ali Mozzie. I've always loved her voice. And for so long, I've been thinking like, I feel like Broadway is so starved for genuine character voices mm-hmm. um, under the age of 60. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, and I feel like there's such a, like a, a, desert of that right now probably because everyone there's so much pressure now like everyone has to be like singing and Ali yes. Mozzi can sing like right. if you listen to her sing Screw Loose from the Crybaby cast recording she is excellent but she also just has that genuine not forced character voice which is just so refreshing and reveals so much just like about any character she plays so I, I love her Victoria Clark obviously is a just a Broadway legend. She is such a phenomenal actress. Mm. And I do find it so interesting that she won her Tony Award for the musical The Light in the Piazza in 2005, mm. which is about a mother and a daughter traveling in Italy. And the daughter has um, developmental issues because she, um, spoiler alert, hmm. uh, when she was 12, she got kicked in the head by a horse. Oh my God. And so she is just permanently 12, like in her brain. Mm. And this daughter ends up falling in love with a boy in Italy. And like they're now in their 20s and everything. So it's about the mother grappling with that. Oh. Um, and Victoria Clark played the mother. And it's a absolutely brilliant performance. If you can like watch the, they recorded it for great performances uh, at PBS. Mm. Uh, so I think the full version of that is on YouTube. You can watch stunning staging, stunning performances, stunning music, everything. Um, but I find it interesting that like Victoria Clark was in this show, like right. Piazza. That's what made her a star. And now she is in Kimberly Akimbo starring in this show, playing a character that doesn't have the same thing as the right. daughter in Lane Piazza, but has it sort of deals with similar things. For sure. Um, so I just find that very interesting. It's it's such a charming I'm show. I'm so yeah. glad you finally listened to it. I'm so glad you love it as much as I oh, do. Oh, it's great. Because it is truly my album of the year. Everyone needs to listen to Kimberly Kimbo as soon as they get the chance. It is excellent. The Just the, every song is so well made. Like, I really love uh, that one near the end that is kind of jumping out at me recently is The Inevitable Turn. Oh, oh. Like, with all of them sitting at that table and then you, because you've been at tables like that where yeah. like, we're all going to be polite. Mm-hmm. We're all not going to say the right things. We're all going to keep things above board but at some point we're going to take the turn we're going to say the thing that gets everybody riled up and like the fight that's just under the surface is going to happen it just is like so brilliantly done and performed and of course the way it ends it just is like I love this show so much and I yeah. can't recommend it enough. Oh, The Inevitable Return is great. Like, melodically, we're doing something so interesting and yes. unique, which, of course, it's Jenny DeSori. She's Queen. always, like, taking risks and everything. But it also has sort of, like, that winky tongue-in-cheek aspect of it. Yes. And then the fight is just so mm. bizarre. Like, the, that so plot point is just, like, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and it the just, it, the way it builds is so, like, phenomenal. Oh, Look yeah. at us. In a way that's so dramatic and intense, but also a little funny. Like, it's great. So would you say that I got you into a Broadway show? I mean, I was <laughs> planning on listening to it in general. Like, but, I would say I heard about Kimberly Akimbo first, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get into that. But my excitement inspired you to listen. I would have listened anyway. You're welcome. I guess <laughs> thank you. The point is you're welcome, yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh. Well, for me, it's a big spoiler podcast this week. It's the podcast of spoilers, but spoiler alert, we'll be talking about Episode three of Succession from last week, because man alive, rarely have I been so gripped by an episode of television, and I will be one of the people who felt like this season, season four, was kind of starting off a little slow, was kind of like, are we doing the same things over and over again? And there's so much like battle for the, you know, who's going to be the successor to Logan and the all the kids, um, Shiv and Kendall and Roman were all kind of banding together against Logan to try, you know, get business dealings done that, like, you know, are confusing for the average bear like myself. But I must say, 
the choice that they made. It is episode three of this final season. And their uh, their other sibling, uh, Connor, is getting married to this girl who like kind of loves him, kind of doesn't. They're on a boat, the three kids, the uh, the Logan, the dad of the family, is not there because he's trying to finalize this deal, sell his company to Alexander Skarsgård, and he's like at odds with the three kids. And they're not speaking essentially, except Roman that is kind of talking to him in the background. But even Roman leaves him a really shitty voicemail while he's getting on this plan, blah, blah, blah. They're at this wedding, they're mingling, and they receive a call that Logan is not doing well. Logan has had a heart event in the bathroom, on the plane. And they, this is like, it's not just like they're just against their father. They're against the entire company underneath their father and they're trying to break off and like take what is theirs and all of this. But they've been at odds for so very long. But mm-hmm. at this point, you see them as humans referencing, like like realizing and understanding that the father's end of life has come. Mm-hmm. And it the performances like by every single one of the cast members, those kids is unbelievable every single one of them should get nominated for emmys the way their hands would shake they all basically had a very quick phone call with logan like the phone's by his ear we don't know if he's hearing you or not mm-hmm. how do you feel and they're just like uh I, I love you but like i'll never forgive you and what you did was awful <laughs> but, but it's just like they because they, they don't have any time to wrap their head around this horrible event that's going to shake their family mm-hmm. in such a way and the, they, I, I watched a little vignette afterwards that went into how it was filmed, and they're like, there were certain. All of this show is filmed on film, and we wanted to get the pacing of this moment so perfect that, like, we wanted to film all of this in one shot, but we can only shoot 15 minutes of film at a time. Mm-hmm. And so we had people with, like, backup film. On, like scattered throughout the set and like backup cameras that like would just swoop in as the other cameras getting reloaded because we wanted that tension to be there throughout this entire like 40 minute one act play essentially that they are doing in this like last 40 minutes of this episode it is truly one of the most brilliant episodes of television I have ever watched it is heart wrenching and it's so brilliant of the creator to be like we all know that Logan's gonna die. It's the final season. The whole show's about succession. The fact that he does it in episode three mm-hmm. so that we can see how the dust settles, what really happens, how the kids turn on each other. I was excited about the first two weeks, but I was beginning to feel like, are we gonna just do the same, you know, ring around the rosy the whole season? And now it's like, it's just burst wide open. It is the most exciting, thrilling TV show and I am so sad it's going to be over but man, they're handling this last season beautifully. I mean, and I've never watched an episode (laughs) but uh, just like seeing, I mean, I know like, you know, it's about the kids and the father with the business or whatever and so uh, just like the, the plot point of just having like because the whole show feels very cold to me Absolutely. like and their relationship feels very cold and everything and yes. the fact that they are having this emotional moment with their dad like through a phone like oh. is such a brilliant thing to yes. do in the show because it's so emotional and heart-wrenching but there's still that element of distance in there and everything I did watch clips of the scene yeah. and just seeing Sarah Snook say just say when they're like oh they think they think he died and yeah. she just flat out just goes I, I I can't have that. (laughs) No, no. Get him, Sarah. I can't have that. It's like, that's such a brilliant line. Brilliant. Such a great delivery. And I I know nothing about the character. I mean, that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Like, it's great. I I can't wait to watch it again. Like, I was like, it was like I wasn't breathing. It was like the kind of thing that you, I feel like is easier to feel that in a movie theater because like they can very clearly set up like these are the stakes this is what's going to happen like this is the moment Mm -hmm. but it's like this has been the slowest burn of three seasons and we've known these characters inside and out and it's just wild I just am so excited to see where this goes everyone should be watching Succession because even though I'm not getting every you know business detail that happens the the you will get such great performances and the stakes are clear even if you don't get the minutiae of them so just can't recommend Succession enough. I'm the only person in the country watching Succession right I mean, now. well, at, you know, as someone with, you know, a hefty tax refund, <laughs> I am now in their tax bracket. Oh, you and are? So, yes, and so um, I, I will be able to relate to these characters really? now, so maybe I'll check it out. What $10 billion company will you be purchasing? Now? Oh, yuck. There's so many. I know. I just, uh, which one do you think I'd be good at running? I don't know. Maybe like a Pinterest? Okay. All right. You know what? <laughs> I'll hire an intern. They'll do it for me, and I, then I'll just make even more money. I love that's what the rich do. That's what the rich do. <laughs> All right. Well, Matt, so is there anything else you want to tell the people? I don't think so. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. 